Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back to the Party 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and it is a pleasure to welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen, a friend of the show. This, is, this show is nothing but friends, isn't it, Jackson? It's all friends, all hanging out. Nice. Jeremy Rutherford. Hello, friend. Hey, boys. Uh, I was having a pretty good day, but now to find out that there might be an NBA tournament in November where gazillionaires are going to make a gazillion more. What a great day to, to get that news. Jackson, I feel like that might part. be directed at the Lil Piddles weekend wrap-up in which that was not a question about the NBA, except it was a question solely about the NBA. Well... I, you know, I I felt like Jr. was being disingenuous with his excitement level for it. I felt like it was sincere. Well, this is honesty and media, so mm-hmm. I hope he comes clean now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta, I'm with Tim on this one. No, uh, that was totally disingenuous, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, honesty and media. Yeah, it's honesty and media for you, uh, Jr. I have a deep dive request on. Uh, not necessarily the state of the Blues, as the season officially will not be going to the postseason, although I feel like we kind of had a sense of that back in January. But uh, yesterday with the, uh, the the shootout loss, that'll wrap it up officially. Okay, fine. But going forward, Jordan Cairo is under contract. This is a big deal. You tweeted out uh, that there were some words exchanged, and then the next thing you know, he goes out and scores a couple goals. Where is this relationship? Where is Cairo? Where is Baruby with Cairo? What do you got for us on this? Yeah, yeah, Tim, let's break it down. Let's go back to Saturday's game uh, against Nashville, and obviously the cameras caught the barking between Craig Baruby and Jordan Cairo. You back it up before then, uh, Nashville scores a shorthanded goal on that play. Jordan Cairo kind of mishandles the pass from Kapanen, then gets beat back. I know after the game he said that if he does anything on that back check, he's going to get a penalty, which is probably the case, but still – You'd probably like to see a little better effort there on the back check. Then you see a play right before the intermission, right before the exchange between Baruby and Cairo, where, you know, it's a tough puck to handle, I think. But I think from Baruby's perspective, Cairo needs to be more ready for that puck. And I think he probably brought it to his attention. And, and then you lead to the, uh, the arguing on the bench. You know, I think this happens a lot, probably a lot behind closed doors that we don't see or hear about. I think that over the years, kind of the offensive-minded star players like a Kairou, like a Brett Hall, like somebody, you know, they're going to bump heads with the coach. Now, having said that, you know, covering the team week after week after week, you do hear that there are rumblings that uh, Craig Berube and Jordan Kairou butt heads a lot. But I I point to a relationship where Craig Berube is a guy who wants you to work and he wants you to, to be responsible and he wants to push Jordan Kairou. I was in Arizona with the Blues, uh, I guess, a month ago, and I said to Craig Ruby, how's the relationship with Robert Thomas and Jordan Tyra? And he said, fine, these guys want to be pushed. Tim, I just think in situations like we've seen here lately with Jordan Tyra, that's what Craig Ruby's doing. He's pushing, and, uh, you know, it's up to Jordan Tyra to respond the right way. What about when it when it gets down to it, whenever the time comes that the Blues make a return to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and obviously we hope it's sooner rather than later, and Craig Ruby's behind the bench and Kyrou's on the ice, 
is what good is this player if you can't ever trust him in every night? And even with the high production, would he ever be a guy who would play 18 or 19 plus minutes in a playoff game if that trust isn't there, if that uh, trust on the defensive end of the ice isn't there? Is that something that you think through, you've talked with people through, because I feel like that this is something that we were discussing at this time last year, and we're still having the conversation a year later. Yeah, and quite honestly, we could be having the same conversation in a year. You know, yeah. I still think he's he's a young player, and I think that that contract number is going to go up big time to eight point one two five million next year. And with that, there's going to be even more expectations and even more of a microscope on on Jordan Cairo. And are we ever going to see that defensive game or that awareness, that uh, in game awareness with Jordan Cairo get to the level that everybody wants to see it? Especially Craig Ruby. We may never see it. Uh, but I think that what you see is the upside. What you see is 36 goals. What you see is pulling a team back down 3 nothing against Boston yesterday and tying the game. And, you know, that's what he's supposed to do. That's his job. But do the Blues, you know, let's look at that game yesterday and say that it was of some significance and Jordan Kyra pulls you back in it, you know, to sneak into the playoffs. You know, that's the type of player he is. So in the meantime, all they can continue to do is push him, the Blues, the staff, Craig Berube, and again, I go back to how Kyrie responds. Like, I wasn't particularly keen on his response where he says it's just a little heated argument. Hey, Craig Bruby's the coach. Respect the coach. Come out and say, I need to do what the team needs and what the coach is looking for. And I didn't in that situation. So, you know, I think these are different generations than in the past. You cover a Keith Kachuk, a Dallas Drake, you might get a different response. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I, yeah, Tim, I think that uh, it's all into the into the response of Jordan Tyra and how he continues to better himself with this situation. Jeremy Rutherford with us here on 101 ESPN. He joins us on Balloon Party every Monday. And uh, that gets us to a name you just brought up, Jim Montgomery. And I'm reading your Monday morning mailbag uh, and, and seeing you talk about uh, some of the questions. And one of those questions that you got from uh, a reader on The Athletic is how much impact Jim Montgomery had uh, on the Blues and the loss of him. We've seen what he has done in Boston. So much of the focal point going into the year and now that the season has been a disappointment is that David Perron wasn't back. But my question is, how much did Jim Montgomery leaving, which he knew was going to happen at some point, but how much impact did that wind up having on the Blues? And how much impact do you think he has had on what has been this record-setting pace set by the Bruins? Yeah, I think significant, but uh, with a disclaimer. You know, he was the uh, head coach. uh, I'm sorry, he was the assistant coach, and he was in charge of the penalty kill. And obviously, when you're in the room with the coaching staff, you have input on everything. I mean, if they're talking about line combinations, things like that, Jim Montgomery's going to probably have his two cents, and Craig Bruby's going to listen. But by and large, X's and O's, he was in charge of the penalty kill, and the penalty kill was fifth in the league, and right now it's 28. So the the penalty, penalty kill without Jim Montgomery has gone downhill. But in the mailbag, what I try to explain to him is it's the relationship. It's the coach-player. Like every morning skate, when the team takes the ice, you saw Jim Montgomery talking to two or three or four players. You know, Robert Thomas told me one time that he would give them three-game segments. Hey, in this three-game segment, I want to see this from you. And I think when when times got bad, when they lost a few games in a row, player after player, Tim, told me that it was a text from Montgomery. Hey, keep your head up. You're playing well. So I think things like that. It's not to say that the current coaching staff doesn't do that, but Jim Montgomery just had a way with players. And the reason you can tell it in Boston is because of the way those young players are playing. Jake 
DeBrusque, Trent Frederick, all those guys are playing well, and I think it's that relationship with Montgomery that's helping out. Trent Frederick gets the thing uh, open yesterday with the one nothing uh, lead. How about that? Gets the goal in his uh, in his home building. That was cool to see. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they they ended up taking it away from him though. They gave it to DeBrusque, and and what's funny is I think that the, the Boston players were given DeBrusque uh, trouble because he took it away from Frederick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I want to make sure I ask you about this because this is uh, also in your mailbag, and this is, I feel like, this is the topic for Blues fans going into the offseason. Which defenseman, if any, uh, is going to be on the move? And uh, I'll let you tend to it, uh, but I have read what you wrote, and uh, and what you write about Tory Krug is certainly the thing that is the biggest takeaway from my standpoint. Uh, so go ahead, sir, on the Blues and moving any of these big deals with the defensemen. Yeah, Tim, obviously this is a hot question you get asked all the time. I think it's a situation where you got to look at where's there going to be interest. Like, you can have interest if you're the Blues and wanting to move a Tory Krug or a Nick Letty, but are there teams calling Doug Armstrong for that player? You know, I think if there's going to be interest in a player, it's probably going to be in, Col- in Colton Pareko. But do the Blues have a replacement for him? Do they have a guy they think can step in and eat those minutes? And do they feel like they'll miss Colton Pareko too much so, so they don't want to move him? They're not going to give him away for free. I, you're not going to see a situation where you see Colton Pareko go for a fifth-round draft pick uh, just to move him. And how this works in with Tory Krug, there hasn't been interest to date that I'm aware of. Plus, he has a no-trade clause. However, if you're the Blues, if there's interest, if he's willing to move that no-trade clause, I feel like he's the guy that's probably most replaceable in terms of he's, he's been banged up. They have more guys on the left side. You're hoping to get a Scotty Pernovich healthy. Mm-hmm. Pernovich ha- hasn't showed that yet, Tim. But but I think that if you're trying to move a guy, if there's interest in Tory Krug, that would probably be the guy that the Blues would like to move if they could. There it is. Jeremy Rutherford every Monday here on Balloon Party. And you can hear him throughout the week on 101 ESPN. JR, I know BK and Ferrari are going to break down this uh, NBA tournament in November. I think they're going to do all three <laughs> hours on it. So uh, you got excited. <laughs> you got excited about it on our program. So make sure you stay tuned because this is going to be three hours now of NBA in-season tournament. I, I always listen to the station all day long anyway, but now I'm not getting out of my car. Yeah, you can't leave the car. You just stay in the parking lot. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Thanks, you, JR. Man. Yep, see you, buddy. There he is, Jeremy Rutherford with us here on 101 ESPN.